The Tennis Gambling Podcast on the Sports Game Podcast Network is brought to you by PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com slash SGPN and use code SGPN for a first deposit match up to $100. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Plus, the MMA Gambling Podcast just launched their YouTube channel. To celebrate, we're giving away an MMA Gambling Podcast hoodie. Head over to sportscampodcast.com slash MMA hoodie for all of the details. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Game Podcast. In America, it is currently early Thursday morning, November 2nd. I'm your host, always, Scott Reichel, once again, going solo for this pod. Should be a fun episode because it is time to preview the round of 16 at the Paris Masters. So you have eight matches on the card. We're not going to go through all of them. We're probably going to go through about four or five of them, and then we'll move on from there to my favorite picks in the lock and dog segment. Before we continue that, I do want to recap what happened in the round of 32 and with our picks from the last podcast. Unfortunately, the picks were not good as we went 0-2 uh, for the lock and dog picks. For the lock, we had her catch team total over 12 and a half games at minus 145. We thought her catch would look good serving, but unfortunately, we overestimated Batista Good's capabilities. We know he's past his prime, but we thought that he could potentially outlast her catch in a couple of service games to push a set to a 7 5 or 7 6. Didn't happen as her catch ended up burying Batista Good 6 3 6 2. So pick up a loss there. As for the dog, absolute heartbreaker. Took the home country underdog with Umber on the money line at about plus 175 against Verev, and that was an absolute war. Umber was up a break in the third set and choked it away and then eventually lost in a final set tiebreaker. Missed it by that much. So we were very close to hitting a pretty nice dog. It was definitely mispriced. Uh, so we were right about our analysis there, but Zverev did just enough to get the job done. And as a result, we did go 0-2. Now, as for the actual leans, leans were good. Uh, we had the over in the Dimitrov-Mevitev match. We didn't pick Dimitrov to win, but we thought that it would be a long match. We had Dezanchol on the money line at a plus money price. That got there. Had Sissy Paz money line against Felix. That got there, too. Had the over in the Umbears-Zverev match. That got there. And that was basically it. So once again, the leans were fine. The actual lock and dog picks were not. So we're going to try to sweep everything here on Thursday. So getting into the actual, I don't want to say a rant, but I'll give it a brief discussion. The scheduling for this event is completely absurd. And they're having some matches finish way too late. And Sinner was the most recent victim of having the late match that's going to carry over. So much so Sinner did state in an interview after the match or in the press conference that he might retire or he might withdraw from the event uh, because there's not enough actual recovery time. So just keep that in mind for the potential Sinner and Dimenauer match that Sinner might potentially uh, just not show up for the match. Is he going to? Probably. Uh, But he said, quote, let's see how I wake up tomorrow. So we're going to see what happens. Either way, the point is it is a bad scheduling spot for Sinner. So keep that in mind. And I would pro- I would probably advise you to avoid laying about minus 275 with Sinner since he's physically not going to be fully up to task. So we'll see what happens. I'm not saying he's automatically going to lose, but if you want to put him in a parlay at minus 275 or you want to bet on the spread, I would probably tell you to not do that for Sinner because the last thing you need is the guy that you're betting on to admit that he will be below 100%. I feel like that's definitely not a good way to spend your money. Wanted to make that as a PSA. So if you are looking at Sinner, my best advice would be to stay away or wait it out and see how he feels in the morning. Anyway, going to start off randomly with the first match that caught my eye. I'm going to look at the Dimitrov and Bublik match taking place at around 6 a.m. 
Eastern time. And for this matchup, you have Dimitrov as a minus 190 favorite, and you have Bublik at around plus 164. For the actual spread, you have Dimitrov minus two and a half games, and Bublik is plus two and a half. For the actual over-under, 22 and a half games, over is minus 117, under is minus 103. If you want to get the over two and a half sets, that's available at plus 135. Uh, Dimitrov to win in straight sets is plus 125. Bublik to win a set is minus 155. So in the, in the past meetings, they've been competitive. Now, they faced off earlier this year, and Bublik did win on hard court. It was a while back, but Bublik won in three sets, and they were a very competitive set of three sets, or a competitive uh, three sets in general, as Bublik won 7-5-3-6-7-6. So final set tiebreaker doesn't get any closer than that, but he did win in Marseille. Uh, but to even date back further than that, Dimitrov did win the two hard court matches previously on Indi- on the Indian Wells hard courts and on the Cincinnati hard courts. So Dimitrov and Bublik have had competitive matches. I think for this one, I am only to the over. Even though Dimitrov's been playing good tennis, and even though he has been playing at a level uh, good enough to beat Medvedev, the point is he has gone to three sets in two of his last three matches. He also went to three sets against the likes of Musetti in the first round, but his match was two hours and 53 minutes yesterday. So I am worried about fatigue and Bublik had a much easier go of it in his match. So I do think when you're looking at the actual schedule, Bublik didn't play yesterday because he beat Jari in straight sets and then he had the day off. So if you want to go for a scheduling spot and you want to go for some value, I think it's on Bub- I think it's on Bublik. I think Dimitrov could be fatigued. We know Bublik is a very good server. Double faulting is a concern, but Bublik has the unorthodox game that can take Dimitrov out of his comfort zone. So we'll see what happens. But I do think I'm going to link to Bublik, especially with the games, and I will link to the over. I really like the scheduling spot for Bublik here, having a day off facing a guy that faced, that had a, a three-hour war against Medvedev yesterday. It's a good spot for Bublik to sneak up on Dimitrov. I don't mind the plus 160, give or take. I think there's some value on that, so that's going to be my lean. Moving on to the next match, jumping around, I'm going to go to the matchup between... We're going to go with Rublev and Dezanschult as the next match. Uh, looking at this one, Rublev minus 4.5 games, minus 101. You have Dezanschult at plus 4.5 at minus 119. Rublev money one is minus 420. You have Dezanschult at plus 370. And the over-under in games is 21.5. Now, if you want to look... At the head-to-head, they faced off one time uh, somewhat recently. Let me just pull up the actual history. Uh, they faced off one time in Dubai this year. Rublev did win 6-3-7-6, and they faced off in 2021 and 2017, and Dezanchulp did win both of those. So I'm not sure if that matters, but the point is they did face off this year, and Rublev did win. I'm going to point out, though, that Dezanchulp has been good so far in this event because he went through qualifying, and he's only dropped one set, ended up winning against Tommy Paul in three, which we had beat Manorino in straight sets, beat Offner, and beat Katchen. As for Rublev, he's been good, don't get me wrong, ended up beating Nishioka in straight sets in the first round as he won 6-4, 6-3. I do think the Zanschulp is getting a little bit disrespected here at four and a half games. That's a lot of games. Like the Zanschulps is still a solid hardcore player. Rublev's better, but I do think when you're looking at what the script can be for this match, Rublev can win comfortably and still not cover. Four and a half tells you same script as Dubai, maybe a seven six six three, maybe a straightforward six four six four. Point is four and a half just seems too big for me. So I do think I'm going to lean to the Zanschulp. He's seen Rublev before. He's been competitive. And I do think this is a little bit too high for a spread. So for me, I'm going to lean to the Zanchel plus the four and a half. That line, once again, seems a bit high. I think it should be closer to three and a half. Moving on, 
Looking at the next match between Zverev and Tsitsipas, Tsitsipas slight favorite about minus 134. Uh, you have Zverev the other way at plus 114. Tsitsipas minus half a game is minus 120. Zverev plus half a game is even money. The over-under is between 23 and a half and 24 and a half. 23 and a half, the over is minus 125. The under is minus 105. And as for the actual set wagering, Zverev to win in straight sets is plus 240. Tsitsipas to win in straight sets is plus 205. A lot of history between these players. This is going to be the 13th meeting between them. So strap in. Should be a fun one. And you have seen a lot of competitive matchups when they get together. Because they faced off in Rome last year on clay. That went three. Faced off in Madrid on clay. That went three. Faced off in Cincinnati. That went three. Faced off in Roland Garros. That went five. Uh, faced off in a couple of straightforward hardcourt matches, which Tsitsipas mostly got the better of, but I feel like Zverev has been in more consistent form lately, and Tsitsipas has been better as the year ha- as the last couple weeks have gone on, as he did make a deep run in Vienna, and then he ended up beating Felix in the first round of Paris. But still, I do think looking at this actual matchup, I like the over, just simply put. They faced off 12 times. Zverev's been a three-set machine recently, as he went to three sets against Umber, went to three sets against Fuksovics, went to three sets against Rublev. So three straight matches of three-set tennis. And you had Tsitsipas, who has not gone to many three-setters, but he has had a decent amount of tiebreakers involved. So you can make an argument that those are going to be up in the air. Or if you do think it might be a 7-5-7-6 or 7-6-7-6 match, then there is some value on the over 23 and a half games. I like the over. I think two and a half sets is worth a look here in what should be a very even battle. Over two and a half sets, though, is plus 120, which I don't mind. But at that point, I'd rather take the games at 23 and a half. So I think that's going to be my main pick for that one. Give me a long war. I'm going to lean to Sitsipas because Verov had the marathon against Umber, while Sitsipas did win in straight sets. So there is some rest advantage there or stamina advantage for Sitsipas. But I see a very competitive match. Give me the over in that one. And for the last one, we're going to talk about a matchup between Sinner and Dimenauer. I alluded to it before, but Sinner is around minus 275. Dimenauer is about plus 220. As for the actual game lines here, the over-under is at 22.5 for the spread. Sinner is minus 3.5 at plus 120, and Dimenauer is plus 3.5 at minus 120. Sinner's own Dimenauer and their careers, so I do acknowledge the head-to-head advantage for Sinner, and it's pretty drastic because they faced off earlier this year in a final, and I believe that was in Canada, and Sinner ended up beating him 6-4, 6-1 in Toronto. They faced off five times, Sinner's 5-0, and he's won each of the last three meetings in straight sets. Faced off in the Australian Open last year, won in straight sets, faced off in the Madrid Open. Last year, Sinner won in straight sets. Faced off in Toronto, he won in straight sets. So normally, I'd be all over Sinner. However, I mentioned a second ago, Sinner might drop out of the event. And I do think it's a really bad scheduling spot after having to play at like 2 a.m. local time and immediately turning around to play early the next day. It's not ideal. And I do think that Dimenauer has obviously an advantage in that spot. Dimenauer had to go through a war against Murray, ended up having to go through a three-set battle against Lahovich, and now he's against Sinner, who once again had a battle and a half against McDonald, and he just came back from winning Vienna. Sinner should be exhausted, so it actually is a very good spot for Dimenauer to jump up and maybe bite Sinner. So for me, I'm going to go with Dimenauer plus the games here. I do think that he's alive to win this. He's 0-5 lifetime, so I know that once again, it is a bit dangerous, but it's a great spot, and I do think getting three and a half games against Sinner, who might be completely exhausted, you can argue the money line's a better deal, because if Sinner does withdraw or retire, I mean mid-match, then you push the spread 
but you would win the money line if one set's completed. So I do like Dimonero for the value, and for that reason, I am going to go with it solely based on the lack of proper conditioning at the moment for or lack of proper fitness for Sinner after playing an entire Vienna run and having a late-night marathon in the previous round of this event. But that's going to wrap it up for my brief preview of a couple of matches for the round of 16. Now it's time for the Lock and Dog picks, but before we get any of that, can I have a quick word from our sponsor? We're brought to you by Prize Picks. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. League created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can group together LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three pointers made and receptions. Plus, Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even. If one of your players gets injured, which is a very cool feature for football and basketball games, if you have a player in your entry who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com slash SGPN and use code SGPN for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash SGPN code SGPN. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We're also brought to you by the MMA Gambling Podcast Contest. The MMA Gambling Podcast just launched their YouTube channel. And to celebrate, we're giving away an MMA Gambling Podcast hoodie to one lucky winner. So head over to sportsgampodcast.com slash MMA hoodie. Submit your entry today and make sure to subscribe to the MMA Gambling Podcast on YouTube. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger, betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data, enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the round of 16 at the Paris Masters. Now it's time for the lock and dog picks. Starting off with the lock, I am going to go to a matchup that looks pretty even on the books between Sissipas and Zverev, and I am going to back that angle that it's pretty even. Give me the over at 23 and a half games at around minus 125. Simply put, this line just feels like a very good value play when four of the last five head-to-head meetings have gone to a deciding set. Now, most of those were on clay. There was one in Cincinnati back in 2021, which Tsitsipas ended up losing in a third set tie break. I believe that was the toilet scandal where Tsitsipas went AWOL because he went to the bathroom and people thought he was getting some coaching advice from his father and that resulted in a massive circus. I believe it was that match, but either way, the point is that you have seen them even have some wars on hard court over the last couple of years. But in a very even matchup on paper, I do think the over is worth a look. Paz has had a set of at least 12 games in each of the last six matches. So he has seen a lot of long sets, and I do think that's going to bode well for the over. A couple ways to get there. Maybe a 7-6-7-6. Maybe you get three sets. Either way, 23.5 does feel like a good deal. Give me the over as my lock. And for my dog, I am going to go with the injury angle. I'm going to go with Dimenauer on the money line at plus 220 on BetMGM. Simply put, fading a guy who's rumored to maybe withdraw from the event seems like a great price at plus 220. And you're looking at 
the history. I know Sinner's owned him. He's 5-0. and And I know that Sinner is very good at pushing around Dimonauer on the court because Dimonauer is very passive and Sinner loves to hit with a lot of power on the wings. But Dimonauer is a very annoying player to play against when you're not feeling well and when you're physically compromised because Dimonauer is not going to quit on any point. We saw it in the first round against Murray where he came back from 5-2 down in the third set for the second time in about a month. But the point is Dimonauer is not going to quit and we know Dimonauer is going to force Sinner into a bunch of long rallies, and I have my doubts if Sinner's body can hold up. It's not easy to win an entire tournament, then enter another tournament, and have the late-night marathon of the day before with no day off in between, and now you're playing Dimonauer. So I think if Dimonauer is going to break the streak and win his first-ever match against Sinner, this is a good spot. Give me the plus 220. Now, a couple of points I have to make. First, if Sinner does withdraw from the event, then our bet's voided. So it's fine. We're taking a shot here at plus 220. No shame in that. I don't mind it. Now, I do want to look at the second point I wanted to make as a warning to actually read the house rules of your sports book because you want to make sure if a retirement does happen mid-match that you get paid. And the reason why I'm taking the money line as the, as the actual dog and not the spread as a lock is because the spread automatically gets voided if the player retires. And the money line... Some books pay out if one full set is complete. Other books void entirely. So briefly, to go through the illegal books, near me at least, that I'm going to use this uh, rules explanation for, Bet365 will void every bet involving the money line if there's a retirement. So keep that in mind. FanDuel, DraftKings, and BetMGM will all pay out money line bets if there's a retirement and one full set is completed. So based on that, I'm tossing Bet365 out. Look for another book to use. FanDuel has a pretty underwhelming price. FanDuel is dimming hour at around plus 172, and you can find 220 on BetMGM. Give me the extra 50 cents, give or take, fading an injured player. And once again, if Sinner does retire after the first set, we will be grading this as a win. So once again, the lock and dog picks of the show. The lock is going to be on Zverev and Tsitsipas over 23 and a half games at minus 125. And the dog will be on Dimenauer Moneyline at plus 220. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Find me again on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Find me on a bunch of shows at the network, the NBA show, the MLB show. Season ended though, so MLB is going to take a bit of a break. But you can find me also on the NFL show. Until next time, I'll be back once again for the quarterfinals. And until then, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.